Buddies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioan Show. Thank you for the Outstanding Ohio Show. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This is episode 61, and this is a really special episode for me because I've got the person who I interviewed on the very first episode of the show, Mike Milkovich, back to talk about what's happened with local history productions since we first talked, Uh, hear a little bit about the vision of, of the group, what they're trying to accomplish, and he's got great thoughts on the impact that it can mean to local communities and regions. Mike, welcome back to the show. It's It's been a long time, and it's great to reconnect with you. Thanks, Ron. I'm glad to be here, and I hope I can help. Well, I'm sure you will. Uh, before we get started, uh, we're going to have in the show notes the, the tag to the very first episode, but uh, could you briefly give a little bit of, of your background? The Milkovich family, first of all, is, is a well-known wrestling family in Northeast Ohio and Ohio and in wrestling circles. Uh, but if you, could, if you could tie a little bit of that background into, into your personal background, and, and then we'll, from there we'll, we'll go to what local well, history productions does for folks. Sure, and, and that background had a lot to do with what I – what I am doing with local history productions because I think in creating champions in a sport is the same as creating champions in economic development. Uh, it's just a little bit different language. Um, my father at uh, Maple Heights won 10 state titles, eight seconds. And, you know, everybody always asks, how do you, you know, how do you do that? How do you go to a public school and take first or second in the state, you know, almost every single year? with what walks through the door. I mean, there was absolutely no recruiting. You know, the the recruiting process has kind of screwed up high school sports. But, you know, back in the day when everything was pretty fair, it was uh, it was a pretty big deal to win like my father did. And, and you know, he, he, the secret was he won their heads and he won their hearts. And you win their heads and hearts uh, by what you – by what you teach them, uh, pretty much about life. And, you know, the rules he had were, uh, you know, you got to clean your act up, you respect the teachers, you respect each other, uh, you got to get your grades up. And, uh, you know, rule of the day, if a teacher comes to my father and says, hey, one of your wrestlers is doing this in my class. <laughs> well, my, my father would have ways of dealing with that, okay? And, that kind of stuff would be ended. And, you know, after a while, the, you know, the kids, they get it. And once they get it, now you can start teaching them how to wrestle. But you got to win the heads, you got to win the hearts, and, and coaching does that. You know, when you get kids in a sport, especially like with my dad, he would look at all the kids and think, you know, how can I make this kid a state champ, or how can I get this kid to place in the state high? And how can I make them great? How can I make them think like a champion? You know, your, your science teacher, your math teacher, they don't think like that when they're looking at their class. And that, I think, is the advantage to, uh, to what coaches uh, uh, bring to a school system. So in, in doing my uh, local history productions, when I first started making a local history, I recognized right off the bat, that this is the same thing as coaching. 
if you want to inspire kids to greatness, I mean, you can use your local history as a mentor. Uh, the, the, the best tool in the toolbox for a coach is local history. And any great coach will tell you that. They use their own local history, you know, virtually every day in practice. And, you know, uh, some prime examples of that are like Woody Hayes and Jim Trestle. And, and, and they've spoken about how they used history and their local history uh, to motivate their teams. Um, so the point is you can make a local history uh, just like coaching and motivate kids not to learn history but to become great at something. Do uh, you have another question now? I do. So from from the time we last spoke until today, a book came out about your father in the in the wrestling dynasty right. that he created. What Mustang. Yeah, and we'll, which we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what that what that book will bring and share from a story standpoint and value standpoint and you know the follow-up question to that was what was it like for you going down memory lane, hearing these stories compile into this book? Well, uh, we uh, we hooked up with a guy uh, who's, who's a writer. And his name's Jim Kalen. Jim's father uh, was the coach at, at uh, Normandy High School and put together some great teams. And uh, when we started writing this book, um, my cousin Jamie and I were doing most of the writing, and and the whole thing is, it was when we're writing it, we're writing it from our perspective, which is you know smack dab in the center. And uh, Jim brought a totally different perspective to the thing because he was he was like from another team. He was like one of the you know one of the people we compete against, and. Because his father was a coach, you know, he saw what Maple Heights did year after year after year after year, and he knew what it was like to compete against us. So he brought a, a totally different perspective to the table, and we said, you know, Jim, look, why don't you write this thing, and we'll, we'll feed you what we can, and then you take what we give, what we give you, and you know, add your own stuff, and that's what he did, and he's got. Uh, a lot of connections with a lot of people in wrestling because he writes for uh, USA uh, Wrestling Magazine. And uh, so a lot of the people that he interviewed, you know, told some neat stories about my father that I never heard, and, and uh, as well as other people. And it just, it gives kind of a, an interesting perspective about, uh, you know, the whole scene from not only our standpoint in the center, but from people outside. I mean, one of the one of the cool things about this is we have a we have a pizza party for my father every year that my cousin Jamie has organized, and we send out a you know an email to all all these former wrestlers and stuff and to come there. And this is in uh, mid July, and the amazing part about it is how many guys that we used to compete against now come to this thing. And the camaraderie is absolutely incredible. And uh, I remember when uh, Gene Gibbons came, it, uh, 
literally brought tears to people's eyes because my father and Gene used to be at each other's throats when they were competing. Mm-hmm. But now here it is, you know, years later, decades later, when they're all retired and they're old and, and they see each other and they embrace, you know, it's really, really cool. Excuse me, I'm choking up over that. Right. Just thinking about it. But that's the kind of uh, camaraderie that uh, our sport uh, has that uh, I don't think you get in other sports. Mm-hmm. So, but but the teachings, you know, how how to become how to become great, how to become a champion. Um, that all started with with, with revolved from the wrestling, and I, I used it with local history. So. Uh, yeah, the uh, you, you've you've mentioned it a few times. Winning, winning heads and hearts. What what does that mean to you? What what are some specific approaches and tools from your toolbox? Do you do to try to get there? Well, you know, it's like telling kids. Um, you know, the discipline it takes. You got to be on time. You got to. Uh, you got to do the drills. You got to you got to get your homework done. You got to get uh, you should respect the teachers, not be getting in trouble. Keep your nose clean. Hang around with the right people. Um, all those things lead to head and heart because kids start understanding after a while. You know what? They're right. This is the way to do it. And what happens is. Once that starts, that process starts, once they they start understanding that everything you're trying to do and show them is for their benefit, um, then you get the kids that, you know, they start doing more on their own. In other words, nobody's late for practice. Nobody's late for this. Nobody's slacking. And and that's what happens. That's what that's what, uh, how you develop your, your championship team. Everybody gets on the same page. And what I noticed with this history stuff is here was a way to put everybody on the same page. Um, you know, this history of Saginaw County that I just finished, uh, the idea is going to be for all the social studies teacher to use that program and, and they can use it like for like two class periods. That's all it's going to take to go through. But the point is, if they all do it, you'll have every, every kid in the whole county on the same page. And that's, I think, what needs to happen here in Cuyahoga County, is you got to put the entire county on the same page. Use your local history as the mentor to change attitude, to point kids in the direction of, of what talent is needed in Cuyahoga County. And one of the things that's really needed is skilled jobs. And you don't, uh, we, you don't have the kids, you know, filling the skilled jobs that need to be filled. And those skilled jobs, I think, are the backbone of the economy. The numbers I can give you related to that, like in Saginaw County, the CEO, and this is all in that local history, the CEO of the uh, Chamber of Commerce said in that tri-county area, there's 7,500 skilled jobs that they need, and they can't fill them. Well, the economy of that is uh, that's that represents 
at $20 an hour times all those numbers, 7,500 jobs, blah, blah, blah. It works out to about $312 million a year. That's a lot of money to go in the economy. And I would, I would imagine that the Cleveland-Akron area probably has a, a need for even more than those 7,500 jobs. And I think, you know, these are the kind of jobs that you can sell to kids. With these jobs, you can get a home. You can get a couple cars. You can get a boat if you want. The point is, you can raise a family with that kind of money by getting these kind of skills. But the only way you're going to do it is you got to get off your rear end and you got to teach yourself. you got to educate yourself. This can't come from leadership. Leadership's not going to, you know, they can provide a path. And I think one of the things that could be done here in Cleveland is more apprenticeship and, and internships. And if leadership did anything, is is to is to, to uh, kind of grease that path a little bit, because Clevelanders have a big heart and they have they have, they just have a big heart. And if you put a thing out for the skilled professions that uh, to try and get more kids to come in as interns and apprentices to the skilled prof- professions. I think that would help our economy greatly. And, and as well as, you know, start turning some of these kids around in school. Mm-hmm. Give them a purpose. And tell them they got a responsibility. This, it's, you know, it's our responsibility to uh, meet the talent needs of the community. It's, it's each one of us our responsibility. And the way you can learn that real easily is through local history. Because... That's always been the case. Right. And some two themes, Mike, that jump out when, when you look at your website it, that, in my mind, is a differentiator between you and a lot of other local history entities that, that focus on local history and do a nice job of it is you focus on two themes of pride of place and economic development. And I know you, I know you just kind of spoke about that in some detail, uh, what, what what I thought was really interesting is your your definition of economic development. Can you share that with the audience? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just an individual that says, I'm going to do something about something. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to be an artist, okay? Well, then be an artist. I'm going to be a welder. Well, then go and learn how to be a welder. Um uh, same thing with a carpenter. A kid that's wrestling says, I'm going to be a state champ. Well, you know, here's the path. This is what you're going to have to do to do that. Now go do it. And you can tell the kids that are, you can, you can tell the kids that are going to go after it, you know, full throttle. And then you can tell the kids that are kind of going to go after it, you know, halfway. So, uh, that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. Did I answer that right? No, absolutely, absolutely. It, yeah, it, I, I like the the focus of. You, I mean, you asked about the economic development. It's right. you know, I say me, and I don't mean me, me. I mean a kid. Uh, I want a kid that if they watch this local history program, I want a kid from that from that county to look at it. And if you grow up and ask him, 
you know, what's the definition of economic development? Well, if you ask them now, kids don't know. They have no clue. A lot of adults don't even know. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in economic development, I don't even know. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. But pride of place and all that, when you add that, if you ask a kid what's the definition of economic development, they should look at you, point the, point the finger into their chest and tap it and say, I'm the definition of economic development. You want to go start a pizza shop? Then go start it. Do what you have to do to do it. And you just need kids to say, this is what I'm going to do. You know? And that's what I mean by me. You want to cure cancer? Well, Go ahead. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to do that. Now, now do it. And you got to challenge kids to do this stuff. Like, you know, it's no different than co absolutely no different than coaching. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, you've you've done a number of productions. If you could share with the audience some some examples of the work, and we'll we'll put the samples in the show notes that, that people can link to, uh, but. But beyond the productions, you know, I know you've had some of them have, have been out for a, a significant period of time. Right. What, what's, what's been the impact that you've heard and if there's been any measurement of the impact? Um, the only real impact I've heard because uh, uh, is, you know, how people say that this, this, is, uh, this is something all kids should learn is they should all know their local history. Like I said, what I did was I, I as I, I evolved more into making it towards economic development. So to, to come up with any qualitative statistics, I don't have them. I mean, you know, the Saginaw program was just finished a month ago. And, and in that program, you know, which you can provide a link to with, with it, um, you'll see that it's pushing kids and identifies the skilled jobs available. Now, a couple, three years from now, maybe you could uh, go back to Saginaw and, and, you know, say, did that, are those skilled jobs being filled? Are kids going after that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I do know that when you put the right thoughts in kids' heads, uh, they don't lose them. You know, it, 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 it had to hit home that, uh, it's up to them, and, and those jobs are available, and all they got to do is, is go after them. And when you go after them, maybe it involves some training. Maybe it involves an internship where you're working for somebody and you're not making any money or an apprenticeship, but you're paying your dues to learn, and that's the point. Right. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You, you've, you've got some interesting thoughts about the individual and, and what their role can be on economic development. Uh, what do you think Ohio needs to do to become an economic powerhouse and revitalize some of these communities that have, have been hit by job loss, uh, businesses closing? What are some things that could be done on, well, on a bigger level? You know, who creates jobs? You know, people create jobs. Entrepreneurs create jobs. Um, I know they push the biosciences and artificial intelligence, and, you know, things like that. And I think we've got people that are going to go into those 
those kind of fields. Uh, but for the most part, I, I really like the idea of pushing these the skill jobs. I mean, the people I interviewed for that program, for instance, the electrician and the, the welder and a carpenter, they all said, you know, the kids today, they don't get it. And when they get people that, like, come into their programs that are young for an apprenticeship, they read them the rules and the riot acts, like, right off the bat. Right. Here's what you got to do. You come here and be prepared to go to work. Be here on time. Give me a good day's work, and I'll give you, you know, whatever in return, if it's a wage or, uh, or the, the education or whatever. And, and when that happens, um, you know, it's like in the inner cities, okay? If the kid across the street becomes a carpenter, the other kid down the block becomes a welder. Another kid learns how to HVAC, you know, uh, furnaces and air conditioning and stuff. Just, these are valuable people. I mean, right. not only can they go out and make a living, but they're valuable to their local, to just to the friends and stuff on the, on, uh, on the street. How many people need a, an electrician or a carpenter or something? Hey, can you come over and help me? You know, that's a big deal. They'll always be busy. These people will always be busy, and and they'll be. Uh, and the point is, you know, now they got a reputation. Look what he's doing. Look what he did. That's a little different than going out and you know, doing whatever rowdy people do, which is all in the newspapers, which which you can see. So I think if you start getting more people to do those kind of things, you know, the money goes up, the money goes down too. So it's going to help everybody. But if, if you start filling those kind of things, I think uh, the economy is going to, you're going to have the money in the economy and it starts picking everybody up. But it's an attitude change. You know? It really is an attitude change. And you see too many kids now going to school and they have no intention of learning anything. They don't care. To, they, you know, they're just not there to learn. They're there to have fun. Right. And and you got to show them. And that's not what it's all about. Right. Absolutely. I mean, this is what a coach would do, I think. Mm-hmm. If you looked at the attitude of, of an entire, your team, and your team thought like a loser, a good coach would come in and say, okay, now we're going to start thinking like winners, and here's what we're going to have to do. And I think that's what needs to be done. you got to think like a winner. Absolutely. I think, I think that comes in curriculum. See, the curriculum's not designed to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if it's not designed, if it's not the design, somebody's got to create stuff like that. And that's kind of what I think I've, I've been trying to do. But you've got to create something that the schools can use and that they'll, they will use with open arms. So you have to keep, you know, their needs and wishes in, in the consideration. Right. Uh, my people in the audience might he- hopefully hear this and they say, how, how could we get involved with you? What, what's the process look like to start a project with you? Well, what I'm going to do with my next, I'm going to try and figure out how I can do Cuyahoga County. Okay. 
so there's been a lot of stuff in the news about uh, uh, the leadership, quote, leadership in Cleveland. And, you know, Cleveland is the uh, in last place as far as economic development, as far as all the major cities in the country. It's even behind Detroit. And, you know, they're, they're looking at leadership to come up with ideas and answers. Well, I've got an idea and I've got an answer. And I've got, I, I think what this is is part of a solution. So I'm going to try and get this thing going in Cleveland, which means you got to raise the money to, to do something like this. And uh, uh, so that's what I'm about to do. I think I've got enough I've got enough of a track record to understand, you know, how to put this kind of program together. And if they saw the Saginaw program, it's it's a pretty good uh, template. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's... I mean, did you expect it to look like it did? No. No. It, it, so I... you're expecting a local history with a lot of facts in this. Right. Thing. Right. I get uh, No. No, it, it, it tie, what I what I liked about it is it, it connects dots for people. So, yeah, on one hand, you're giving a local history, which is needed to be understood. Uh, it, it creates that pride of place that you talked about where people have shown the path on, on how to do it. Uh, but then it, it, it talks about the opportunities available and what what what's needed to take advantage of those opportunities. Yes, yeah. And no race involved, no politics involved. Right, right. And, yeah, and what I like about that theme and what you've talked about several times is when when you take it to the very, the, the granular grassroots level of it starts with me, all those kind of things do get pushed off to the side and, and people have a solution mindset. Absolutely. Well, Mike, how to wrap up the interview? How how can people learn more about what you do and see some of the samples of the videos that you've been talking about? Um, well, you know, I have a localhistoryproductions.com website, but I haven't added the Saginaw footage to that yet. And uh, you have the link to my Saginaw program, right? I do. Would you like me to put that in the show notes? Yeah, you can put that up there and okay. people can watch that. And, and uh, shortly I'm going to write a piece to the plane dealer. I'm going to kind of put all these thoughts down in one, you know, one little thing that I'm going to send them. And, you know, maybe your people can uh, give their opinion. Watch the Saginaw pro- program and what do you think? Right. And uh, voice their opinion like that. Or if they see this thing in the paper, you know, they could uh, voice their opinion on that, what they see. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll do what we can to help you out with that. It's a good program. It'll help. I know I'm on the right track because the formula's there. You know, it's, it's, it's making kids, any kids think they can go out and do something great because I've seen too many of these stories from doing local histories in, in you know, in Hudson and in Medina, just local people that went out and did something great and came back and gave back to their community in some way. 
and they're just everyday common people just like us. Mm-hmm. But but they got in their head, they got an idea, and they went for it. And that's what I think. That's what I think you got to teach the kids. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody's got a talent. Okay, everybody's mm-hmm. got a talent. Figure it out, and right. you can have a great life. Right. Well, we'll leave it there, Mike. If you could hold the line while I sign off. Uh, again, okay. thank you, thank you for being on the show, and uh, we will get this out to our audience, and hopefully, some people can connect with you and and learn more about what you do. Uh, be my pleasure to connect, and my uh, email address is m p milkovich m i l k o v i c h dot com or at yahoo dot com. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This was episode 61 with Mike Milkovich, who is the owner of localhistoryproductions.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.